Hey guys, it's Dr. J. Finally back with a new episode of the podcast. Um, I haven't made one in a while because I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with this podcast. I was kind of putting a lot of my energy and focus um, into Instagram. But I finally figured out, I think, what I want to do with this um, podcast, and that is... um, do, like, podcasts um, analyzing, you know, like, today's podcast is going to be about the fall equinox tomorrow, which is September 22nd, uh, 2020. So I'm going to start doing podcasts, you know, concerning, like, full moons and, um, you know, equinoxes, kind of more of the annual type events. Where uh, for Instagram and my posts on Instagram, I want to focus more on just doing kind of like quote-unquote timeless posts where anybody can go and read that post and at any time and it'll apply for them. So the podcast will be more um, focused on events that are currently going on, that sort of thing. So let's dig into this fall equinox. It's going to be, there's a lot going on with this one. So this is probably going to be a pretty long episode, um, just depending on how much I focus on each different element of this. Um, So with the fall equinox, um, that means the sun is moving into Libra. So I have my notes here, and so I put the overall theme for this equinox is relationships. Now... Disclaimer, with the sun and Libra, I mean, there's always going to be, with the fall equinox and the sun and Libra, there is going to be an element of, and focus of relationships, because uh, Libra has to do with, you know, it's it rules relationships, it rules harmony, balance, it's an air sign, so it's likes to communicate ideas and, you know, just have exchanges, that kind of human connection. And uh, it's also a cardinal sign, and cardinal signs like to initiate, so. um, Equinoxes and uh, cardinal signs are about initiation, taking action. And uh, with the fall, like, with the season of fall, you know, eventually we're going to get into uh, Scorpio and... I use I actually use the thirteenth sign Ephicus as well, so there will be themes of, you know, kind of winding down and things dying and um, so that we're making you know the metaphor is that we're making space like things need to die in our life, maybe our personality, relationships whatever, to make space for the new, which is uh, in our best interest or for our highest good. So anyways, um, let's dig into this. So with this fall equinox, um, we have the Ascendant in Capricorn. And I'll just, in case you don't know what the Ascendant means, I'll give you a quick rundown. Um, It is, it's basically the sign in astrology, there's 12 houses, and each house represents a different area of life. 
So the ascendant is on one of the main angles of the chart. It's on the first, it's on the cusp, or you could say it starts the first house. And uh, in an individual chart, like an individual person's chart, that represents like their outer persona, how they present themselves to the world, the physical body, but it's also like the path that we're taking in life. So um, I'm doing this, of course, on a bigger scale. It's, this is collectively what's happening for this equinox. So all of us for the whole human race. Um, so on, a, on that bigger scale, you could say this is the path of the collective right now This for this next quarter and last quarter of the year of 2020. Um, so, uh, Capricorn is another cardinal sign, but it's Earth, it's an Earth cardinal sign, and so it has to do with well, authority, responsibility, um, taking practical action, taking practical steps towards achieving some kind of goal. And uh, it is also conjunct Jupiter in Capricorn, Pluto retrograde in Capricorn, and Saturn retrograde in Capricorn. And we have definitely been experiencing these energies this year because we've seen, um, you know, lots of changes. Well, the government's been taking like a kind of a center center stage with. Uh, the coronavirus, and we've kind of been from a, you know, from a citizen's perspective, uh, we've been being able to observe how the government's ha been handling this, whether that, you know, whether good or bad. And also, uh, Pluto has kind of been checking uh, you know, the, the authority that the government has. Um, and with uh, these two planets retrograde, it's kind of, um, well, as far as uh, it, it goes for, like, us, you know, on a citizen level, just as a citizen, our uh, boundaries are possibly being checked because Saturn retrograde can indicate uh, issues with boundaries. Um, and then there's lots of um, emotions that are being dealt with with this Pluto retrograde as well. Going within. And retrogrades are all about going within and trusting your intuition on how to move forward with the affairs of that planet, and Saturn's a very practical planet, so that was a little, especially in Capricorn, so having to go within and use intuition, um, that energy is a little bit, can be a little bit tricky, just because it is such a practical energy, um, and then Pluto retrograde, um, 
Yeah, it's just like that energy is being, you know, it's being turned within. And so it's just really digging deep into issues around our authority. Like where, where do we have authority in our lives? Where are we setting boundaries or not? Or the lack thereof. And where can we instill more practicality in our lives? Where can we um, transform? Because Pluto is about transformation. Where can we transform and build stronger, stronger foundation, emotional foundation, and literal foundation as Saturn is like very much a practical planet, um, a materialistic planet. And then Jupiter is involved too, and Jupiter recently just went direct, so this is allowing, like, Jupiter's still in Capricorn, and technically it's fall, which in astrology is not the best placement for Jupiter, but with it going direct, it's really helped to kind of release some of the tension and kind of give us um, a more positive outlook as it concerns, um, just like the coronavirus and, you know, everything that this whole year moving forward, what's left of it, that is. Um, so with Jupiter involved too, there's, uh, themes of, again, like expansion and spiritual and philosophical expansion around, again, Capricorn is practicality and authority so we're having new ideas um, coming in a what or around what authority looks like um, and then it's also expanding you know Pluto's transformational um, abilities so it's just a, it's a really wild, lots of energy going on at this time. Yeah, we're going to, overall with this Capricorn Ascendant, um, and really it's a stallion that we have going on, there's a, a very strong focus on achieving our goals and being practical this fall, this last quarter of the year. And again, being practical when it comes to boundaries and authority, and uh, yeah, we're going to pro probably continue to see some possible changes going on when it, co when it comes to our government and you know, authority structure, and hopefully for the better. Now, uh, we have Mercury conjunct the MC, which is another angle, um, and that's, Mercury's in Libra, so that's another one of these four angles in the chart, and it's on the cusp, or at the beginning of the 10th house, and the 10th house has to do with career, our public image, our reputation, 
So there might be a pull to really communicate your ideas to the world and even um, kind of share ideas around when it comes to relationships and how we um, relate to other people. But also justice. You know, Libra also rules justice and how many balance. So that's going to be, that could be like a big concern with um, the collective coming this fall is, is justice being served when and where needed. And people could find themselves thinking more about those things, but also love <laughs> if you aren't already in a relationship. Or just, you know, new ideas could come in to kind of spice things up <laughs> in your relationship. Change things up and kind of uh, renew a relationship. Now with it squaring that, um, it's a square is 90 degrees. And it's a, considered a hard aspect in astrology and... Uh, aspects, if you don't know what they are, it's what's um, it's the mathematical angles that the planets are making when you pull up a chart. And how astrology translates that is how are these energies working together or not working together? <laughs> because the hard aspects, you have to find a way to make them work. And then the positive aspects are kind of harmonious and you don't really have to put a lot of work or effort into it. It's sort of like um, gifts that are given, and the energies flow more easily. But with the square, there can be this disconnect between all these ideas we have coming in when it comes to justice and harmony and balance, relationships with how we practically apply it with this uh, ascendant in Capricorn. Jupiter, Capricorn, Pluto, retrograde, and Saturn, retrograde. So, again, it's going to, with these retrogrades involved, it's going to have to do with going within and trusting your intuition how to pro like yeah practically apply those ideas so that they can manifest in your life and then moving on um we have mars retrograde conjunct lilith and aries also conjunct the icy which is opposite the mc what we were just talking about so if the MC is our public life, it's our reputation, it's our career, then the IC is our private life. It's the home, it represents childhood. Um, yeah, it's everything that goes on behind closed doors kind of thing. That the, that the world doesn't see, like, you know, it's your, it's your private life. So, um... As it concerns the collective, yeah, I, I feel like this is involving resolving issues with family, <laughs> emotional issues with family, particularly like deep-seated anger, resentment, maybe even rage, because... Um, Black Moon Lilith is sort of like 
it's similar to Mars. It's like a, it's sort of like a feminine version of Mars. Um, and I consider her a personal planet like Mars and Mercury and the Sun and Moon. And she's very primal, like Mars, but it's the feminine side of primal. So, um, it's like, it's just as much, she's just as much sexual as Mars and has that drive, not just sexual drive, but also physical drive. But it's more about trusting your gut. What is your gut telling you? What is, um, where are you picking up in your environment? Your sense, yeah, like your senses, um, your intuition. What is your body telling you? It's your body's intuition rather than not to, not, it's not necessarily like your five senses. You know, Mars is more about like, what are you hearing that, that could be dangerous? Um, what are you seeing immediately in your environment? It's a possible danger. Lilith is more like being in the dark. You can't see, um, you might be able to hear, but you can't really see what's going on. You just have this feeling. Um, or it's kind of like when you meet somebody new and either have a really good feeling about that person or maybe not so good feeling. It's just that immediate kind of visceral reaction. That's Lilith. <laughs> so her and Mars are conjunct right now, so you're kind of merging that masculine drive with the feminine drive. So you're kind of merging both the five senses and those, you know, that, that kind of an instinctual response with the visceral gut reaction of Lilith. And again, she has much to do with like our intuition and then Mars being retrograde. It's kind of like a double effect of that. So yeah, if you have any kind of issues with your family, it's about, Again, going within and um, trusting what your intuition is saying, you know, pick your battles. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, start these heated debates or possibly fights, you know, left and right. But just when it feels right to, you know, and I don't, obviously I don't advocate, I'm not saying or advocating violence, I'm more talking in terms of um, conversations, but uh, if it is, if you feel like it's the right time to bring it up, then trust trust your gut, and it's not necessarily going to be fun, it's not going to be easy, but in the long run, it's going to allow you to be able to release those that shadow essentially, because Lilith has to do with our shadow as well. And so maybe there's possibly things that go way, even way back to your childhood that you never dealt with, you never addressed, and that's been stuck in your body. Again, remember Lilith and Mars represent the body, and Lilith is a shadow, so a lot of that emotion can be stuck and that can manifest as disease. Because disease is dis-ease, you're not at ease. So that's why it's so important to, um, you know, at a, at when it's appropriate to address these emotions and feel, feel into these emotions. 
so that we may be able to transmute them and um, alchemize them, which will make not, not only you lighter emotionally and mentally, but also even physically. You'll just feel better. Your body will feel better. And so we have this opposition also to the Mercury and Libra. And so you might have these ideas. Well, Libra is, it's about fairness and equality, but also is loves peace. So you might be tempted to not, like, remember how I said, you know, trust when the, the time is right, when it feels right to address these things. Like your Merc the Mercury and Libra energy, you might talk yourself out of it either because you're like over-rationalizing it, over-analyzing the situation, or you're just trying to avoid it because you don't want to cause, you know, like a, a possible blow-up or whatever. Um, so just, it's about balancing out you know, remaining, try, remaining as calm as you can, um, which I know is not, it's not going to be easy necessarily because, like I said, these emotions could be years, decades old. Um, but yeah, trying to, oppositions, they're 180 degrees, they're another hard aspect, so it's kind of like the seesaw effect, and so it's trying to find that middle ground and honoring both energies so yeah it's so i feel like what that looks like is again when the time is right addressing the situation addressing those emotions those that pent-up anger but doing it in a civil balanced as balanced as you can libran way <laughs> and Also, um, just as a side note, um, the south node is in Sag in the chart, and then it's trining the IC as well as Mars and Lilith. So that just suggests that, um, again, like there's these past. There's this past um, energy that needs to be dealt with and balanced out around these emotions. And I didn't say this before, but it could even, if you believe in past lives, it could even be from past lives that you never addressed in a past life. So, and then you brought, you brought it into you, you brought it in with you into this life. And so you're, you could be purging stuff from multiple past lives even. So. Yeah, I feel like that south node is indicating that it could be possible past life situations as well. And then um, this Mars Lilith IC conjunction is squaring the Capricorn uh, Jupiter Pluto Saturn retrograde conjunction. So again, it's kind of like Capricorn is can kind of like withhold, restrain sometimes too much to its detriment and then Aries energy can be very impulsive and explosive so again it's there's this inner tension of 
when do I say something, when do I hold back with family, and actually, I don't think, uh, I think I wrote this down wrong, I don't think Mars Lilith is technically squaring the Ascendant, I think it was just Pluto and Saturn. So yeah, this this could indicate that it's issues with the father because the Saturn also represents the father or just the like the paternal figure because I know some sometimes your father was not a part of your life and so maybe your mother played both roles so it could also represent the mother. It's going to be a unique situation to everybody, but um, yeah, it's again. Knowing when to address these situations, and with Pluto too, it could be, it could get really intense, so as best as you can, try to keep a level head when you do bring this these things up, and you know, it could also be situations with a boss, like person in authority and you're just you know or on a bigger scale because again um, Saturn represents government and Pluto is kind of helping to transform government right now and tear down what needs to be tore down and rebuild what you know better and Mars and Lilith is sort of kind of like us again as as I should say in that context with this, this square going on as a concern if if, uh, if we're talking about Pluto and Saturn Saturn representing government we're kind of the Mars and Lilith so a lot of people are frustrated right now especially with the quarantines and the mask and whatnot. Um, a lot of people there's just a lot of There's a lot of built-up anger, too, against, like, authority, and just, I mean, there's a lot going on, so that could be a lot of what people are feeling as well for this, this last quarter of the year, and again, with Pluto being conjunct Saturn and then Jupiter, we're going to see some pretty big changes, I mean... We're not going to see it like we're not going to necessarily see it this fall, but in the next year or two, we're um, going to be seeing some big changes with uh, how government operates and our government structure. And as a side note, um, the U.S. and the U.S. chart, because the U.S. has its own chart too, it's going to be having its Pluto return. So, yeah, there's going to be some big changes coming up in our country and that's why we all want to remain as positive as we can and stay in as high vibration as we can so because each individual affects the collective which you know in turn affects our country and countries <laughs> I'm here in the US but um, yeah wherever you live I'm speaking on behalf of your country as well if you're watching from somewhere else 
or I'm sure, I should say if you're listening from somewhere outside the U.S. Um, so, let's see, let's get back on track here. Alright, so now we're going to move into how I said the overall theme is relationships. We have this kind of six-time effect and focus on relationships, because I mentioned how already Sun and Libra, we're expressing ourselves more and when it comes to relationships, and, you know, I feel like specifically we're talking romantic relationships. We have Venus and Leo, and Leo is a very, it's kind of like, it's ruled by the sun, it's very expressive, emotive, dramatic, it's fixed fire, it's passionate. And Leo rules the fifth house in astrology, and that's associated with, like, romantic endeavors. It's kind of like teenager, you know, energy. It's very youthful, likes to have fun. And so then there's also a mutual reception, which means that two planets are in each other's signs. So Sun and Libra, Venus and Leo. So the sun rules Leo, Venus rules Libra. And so they normally you look to, um, if a, if a planet's not in its own sign, then it means it's being ruled by another planet, but it creates this kind of, with a mutual reception when they're in each other's signs, it creates this loop effect, you know, like if, uh, infinity, I see it as the infinity sign and the planets are the energy is just sleeping back around, like in that infinity uh, sign. So that's kind of just how I see it in my head, and it's how the energy feels to me. And it also kind of functions like a conjunction. So again, um, just a lot of focus on on the relationships in our lives. And then Venus is in the seventh house; it rules the seventh house. So that's just adding more, more romantic uh, energy, more focus on on our significant other and f friendships and important people in our life. And then we have Mercury and Libra, so our mind is going to be more on these subjects. And then lastly. We have Moon and Sagittarius trining Venus and Leo. So the Moon is, you know, our emotions. It's our um, what we, how we feel nurtured. Um, and then Venus is again our relationships, our love life. So it's just there's a lot of love. You know, this is really if you're already in a relationship, you're going to probably see, hopefully, see more love between the both of you. And that can even be for friendships, too. It doesn't have to be romantic, but again, I'm really kind of more talking, putting the focus on romantic relationships. Um, so, yeah, it's just like, it's like this six-time effect of our focus being on relationships. You know, this is going to be a, a really amazing time and a beautiful time for... Um, meeting somebody, I mean, yeah, if you're not in a relationship, you could very well meet 
somebody this fall and you if you believe in law of attraction um, you know, and that's something that you want. The energy is already backing it, but then if you can set your intention on what you want and then release that, you know, don't be, just let it go, be neutral towards it. That's like the key, which that's easier said than done, but <laughs> that's the key to manifesting that, that person that you want. And then, like I said, if you're already in a relationship, you can set intentions, um, for that better exchange between the two of you. And with the moon in Sagittarius and trining the Venus in Leo, like Sagittarius is about expansion and, um, you know, philosophical pursuits, it's uh, higher education, but with the, you know, with combined with that moon energy, it's like there's this expansion of love right now and the capacity to love and have more understanding with our significant other and just have more fun with them with that Leo energy. Just, yeah, there's going to just be more passion because it's a lot of, there's a good amount of fire going on here as well. And then lastly, um, we have themes around healing, our verbal expression, and our ego expression, our expression of self. So we have the North Node in Gemini in the fifth house, along with Chiron and Aries in the third house. So let me break that down real quick. So if you don't know what the North Node and the South Node are, they are the, it's basically like the path the moon takes. So it's not like a physical, um, it's not a physical object or physical thing like a planet. Um, but it's where basically the moon, it's its path that orbiting around the earth and when it crosses the ecliptic, which is essentially like its path when it hits the ecliptic is, um, essentially like when we can see it from earth perspective, from a physical perspective and it crosses over to where we can see it. That's, um, there's these two points. So there's the point where it's allowing us to be able to see it. And then there's this opposite point on the other end is you know, it's like a circle. It's making, <laughs> it's orbiting in a circle. So it's always involving two signs. It's always involving a polarity opposites. So the North node is in Gemini. And this has to do the north nodes and the south node. I should say the nodal axis has to do with karma. And so, for for speaking on the collective karma, that means that this fall, this equinox is focusing. The collective is focusing on healing, essentially like the throat chakra. <laughs> if you know anything about the chakras, um, so there's a big focus on the third chakra and the solar plexus chakra because we have the fifth house involved, which is Leo and self-expression and willpower, uh, confidence. And then the Gemini 
uh, influence in the third house with Chiron being in the third house. There's the, again that, that speaking your truth, expressing yourself, expressing your opinions. You know, we're appropriate, you know, we don't want to go out of our way to hurt people with our truth, but, you know, try to be as tactful as you can. Um, yeah, just not holding back anymore. You know, your opinion matters, your voice matters, just say it. Um, as it concerns, you know, being in the fifth house um, and Chiron and being in Aries, you know, we are these divine, like, badass beings that are just having a temporary experience. So you're already a badass for incarnating, <laughs> essentially, into this physical form. So just think of it that way, you know. Anytime that you're, maybe you feel small or discouraged, like, just think of how awesome you are for just making the decision to come down and have this earthly experience and be here right now. That alone makes you strong as a soul and a person. And Chiron just, you know, it's he's known as the wounded healer. Um, he was uh, one of the centaurs, but he was like the most human of all the centaurs. So he he's, he's very he was very intelligent in the mythology. He was uh, raised by Apollo and learned everything from Apollo that he had to teach. Um, so he. He's about healing. He's strongly associated with shamanism. But it's kind of like a, also a balancing of the left brain and the right brain. So he's he can act in both the masculine and the feminine polarities. Um, but yeah, it's as it concerns the collective, it suggests that Chiron is helping us to, as a collective, address... How we're moving in the world, because Aries is kind of like that first first step into the world, the first expression. It's like pioneering energy. It's just, here I am, this is who I am, kind of like that energy. And, you know, really, for thousands of years, really since the beginning of time, we've like, we're told to conform and to be like everybody else, and that's ending. <laughs> we are all unique, not just individuals on a human level, but on a soul level. And it's time to embrace that, embrace our individuality. And that's what Chiron is helping us to do. And it is conjunct the fate of fortune. And I don't, I haven't read up a lot about the fate of fortune. I know a little bit about it. And I don't use it a whole lot, but it has to do with good luck and blessings. So it suggests that if you put in the work, you know, to heal, if you have issues around your throat chakra, you know, your verbal expression or and or your self-confidence and self-expression, then it suggests that if you do this, you know, major blessings can come. Not only just transmuting and healing those aspects of you, but blessings and are possible in all forms because it can just unlock doors, you know, to a better relationship, a better career, possibly more money. Who knows what uh, could happen for you? 
So yeah, I know that was a lot, and there's just a lot, there's a lot to cover in this one. It's going to be, this fall is going to be interesting, and, you know, here in the U.S., things are, there's a lot going on, just because we're about to have our presidential election. So, yeah, things could get really intense and interesting. <laughs> but even, I mean, it's going to be happening on a global scale as well, not just here in the U.S. Just, um, but all, hopefully, it's, it's all happening for the, in the highest and for the greatest good of humanity. That's how I choose to perceive it. Now, you can, you can make your, uh, your determination on that, but, um, the more, again, the more positive energy you have, the more positive outlooks we have from individuals, um, that's then feeding into the collective, you know, the better the world can become. And I don't know about you, but I'm aiming for that 5D earth, heaven on earth, more peace, more love, unconditional love. And this fall, you know, this fall equinox is definitely helping us with that. It's where it's just another step closer to that 5D Earth transition. So I hope this has helped you and possibly illuminated you to um, new things in astrology and to what might go down during this fall equinox, this last quarter of 2020. And I'm sending you all love and light and integrated darkness. And this is Dr. J signing off. Much love all. Bye.